warm welcome to our online family. <clears throat> so excited that you're with us today. So I want to kind of start with a deep story from a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Now, some of you might recognize this name, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He is a, uh, was, a, was a pastor, a scholar, and he written many, wrote many Christian books that have really impacted a lot of people. And so it was the year 1939, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer stepped off the boat in the United States to escape uh, Nazi Germany. And when he stepped off the boat, he realized it was a mistake, Something just fell off, and he kind of felt like he was abandoning his people. And so this deep desire in him started to, to well up that he needed to go back to Germany, even in the midst of all the chaos and, and destruction. Now, his friends didn't think this was a good idea, and so they uh, really urged him to stay. They're like, what are you doing? This is crazy. You could be a visiting scholar. You have a way to stay here. But his conviction was just too deep. He had this deep desire to go back. And so what he did was he boarded one of the last ships to Germany to join the resistance. Now, eventually, he was arrested for preaching about Jesus. And even in jail... Bonhoeffer extended the kingdom. He had a, an, an immense impact on everybody around him, even in that place. And one time he was holding a worship service and prayer service in jail, and he had a deep impact on one of the British officers that was in jail with him. And this is what that officer wrote about Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer always seemed to spread an atmosphere of happiness and joy and profound gratitude that he was even alive. He had hardly ended his last prayer when the door opened and two civilians entered. They said, prisoner Bonhoeffer, come with us. That had only one meaning for all prisoners, the gallows. We said goodbye to him. He, he took me aside and said, this is the end. But for me, it is the beginning of life. That next day, he was killed by hanging. Now, that's a pretty traumatic ending to a beautiful life. But I have a question about what happened to him. You know that deep desire that Bonhoeffer had? Was that actually God's voice that he was listening to? Have you ever had a deep desire like that? Maybe something that's in you that you're actually willing to give your life for. You know, you want your, your life to count for something. Maybe there's a passion inside of you, and as it wells up, you're, you're not even sure what to really do with it. Is it. What does this mean? Is, that, is it actually from God? Is God speaking to me, or is he trying to tell me something? I remember this happening when I first started to follow Jesus. Uh, I had this series of power encounters. I, I had like addictions and, and these bad habits and, and these hurts in my life. And God just kept showing up over and over. And I started experiencing all this freedom. And, and eventually my heart started to get gripped in this deep place. And I was like, does everybody know about this? Do they know that Jesus is real? Like I just kept, I mean, I can't even describe the darkness that I was in, but when I would get freedom, I was like, wow, it's something inside of me just rose up like everybody needs to know about this. This is, is amazing. And I started to have this deep desire to do something with the church. And I, but it actually seemed kind of impossible, especially when I looked at my past. It's like, how, how could I even do that? Have you ever been in touch 
with a deep desire. Now, I'm not talking about like the desire for a certain food. You know, when you walk outside and you're just like, you know what would be really good today for lunch? I mean, you're thinking about lunch, right? You're like, Chick-fil-A, I'm gonna go to Chick-fil-A. And then you're just like, oh, it's Sunday. Anybody ever do that? I'm not talking about that desire. Now, that's a good one, but I'm talking about something a little deeper than that desire. Maybe it's for justice. You know, it's Juneteenth, right? Maybe it's for justice. And you see all injustice in all kinds of areas in the world, and you want to to do something about it. Maybe it's to foster a child. Or maybe it's something crazy like starting a business. Maybe it's something different than you're doing right now. Now, for some of us, the direction's kind of obvious. You're, You're actually living in your passion right now. You're living your dream. But for many of us, it seems way beyond our capability, like What do we do with these desires? And is God actually speaking through them? You see, we're in a series right now called God's Voice. Ears to hear and hearts to follow. And and our hope is really that for each of you, you would make the choice. We could help you make the choice to hear his voice, to, to learn to discern, to like recognize and respond, and then actually have the faith to follow, the boldness And today, I actually want to talk about a powerful way that God speaks to us, that we can hear his voice, our desires. Yeah, that's right. Our desires, our passions, you know, they actually matter to God. In fact, many of them are directly from him. Our core scripture today is going to be from Psalm 37. David writes this. In Psalm 37, 4, listen to what it says. It says, take delight in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that's a power-packed statement, but, you know, some of us, we read that verse and we're like, yeah, I believe it. Yes, that's so good. But I would say many of us, we're like, really? Is that, is that really true? Like, if you grew up in the church, you were probably t- taught that your desires are bad, Right? That, you know, you, you hear that verse, well, the heart is wicked and deceitful and, and desires are carnal, they're of the flesh, and you have to crucify daily to these desires, right? And, you know, there's some truth in that. They're not all, every desire that we have is godly. We actually need Jesus to purify some of that. But more often than not, under all of that, these desires were actually placed there by God. I, I think for too long the church is kind of taught to, to deny, to run away, to, to quench these desires rather than inviting Jesus into them. See, this is actually one of the most powerful ways that God speaks to us. It's how we hear his voice. But see, are we ignoring his desires? These desires, are we ignoring them? Are, are we not aware that he's, are we not paying attention? You see, desires, our our desires will often lead us through doors. And these doors actually lead us to a life of purpose, an abundant life. He actually paid a really high price for us to live this life on earth, not just in heaven. And so today I actually want to share a few keys. A few keys that are going to, I believe, help you decipher these desires and really hear his voice more clearly. Because you see those doors, God places open doors before us all the time. And if we understand what's happening, we can actually boldly walk through those doors. So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher 
and our guide. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you and we thank you, Lord. I, I wanna thank you for the new heart that you've given us. And I, I just thank you, Lord, that you wanna speak to our hearts, that we would have hearts to follow. And right now, I just even pray for our ears to be open to hear your voice. God, you are speaking and I thank you that you are gonna be louder and clearer than you were when we walked in here. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when this desire to start to do more in the church started to rise up in me, I, I didn't really know what to do with it. And, you know, of course, I know I don't need to work at a church to be effective for the kingdom. So, in fact, most of us should not work for the church. Like, there are a bunch of teachers and nurses and entrepreneurs in this room watching online right now, and I know that you will be way more effective out there for the kingdom. You know, where's all that darkness? Most of it's out there, right? We need a great light that's going to come through you. But see, for me, I was in this pretty dark place in my life. I, I dropped out of school because I just didn't know what to do anymore. And when Jesus started to break through and start to free me, I heard this still small voice just in my thoughts. And it said, finish what you started. Now, I knew that could only mean go, go and finish your degree. That was the only thing that was unfinished at the time. You know, so there's some logic to hearing God's voice. But there were just lots of obstacles. To, I was living in Germany at the time, for one. Lots of obstacles to get there. And these doors just kept opening and opening and opening. And one of those doors was to this church. I walked into this church and, you know, I knew coming back to the old stomping ground where I partied and all that kind of stuff, I knew I needed a church community. And when I walked in this place, it felt like home. Like the presence of God hit me in such a way where I was like flooded with this peace, I, this, this warmth. I, I don't know if you've had this experience when you've walked in to a church like this. Peace, warmth, this, this feeling of home. You know those are actually signs that you're hearing God's voice. And I knew that this was the place that I was supposed to grow up in the Lord. And so I, I just, I kind of jumped in. I, I did the Connect class and Kingdom Healing and Counter God. I did the small group leader training. Then they invited me to be an intern. I was just pursuing. And you know what was crazy? Even behind closed doors when I was just spending time with Jesus, it was so vibrant. It, it, was, it was amazing. I just, I just, I can feel it now. I just loved him so much. What I was doing was I was, taking delight in the Lord. You see, the first key to hearing God's voice through our desires is taking delight in the Lord. That's, that's what David says. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, when, I think when we read a word like delight, we're, we're not even really sure what that means. You know, you think, oh, I'm so delighted to meet you right? Or, or you're thinking maybe like a blissful smile. You're like, oh, I'm just delighting in the Lord, you know, something like that. But, but what the Spirit is saying is way deeper than a greeting or a smile. See, the word that David uses for delight actually means to make soft, pliable, to be molded and shaped. It means to, to live or spend in enjoyment. You see, taking delight actually means, Lord, have your way with me. Have your way. It, it means to, to continually put yourself in places to be pliable. 
to be molded and shaped by God. But see, when it comes to our desires, I think many of us flip the script. We take delight in our desires. You know, hoping that maybe the more that we focus on these desires, the more that they'll come to pass. Like, we look at people in the world, maybe those that don't follow Jesus, you know, from the outside, it kind of looks like this is true, right? They go after the desires that you see this ambitions, and for a while, they seem like they succeed, and so we're kind of tempted to do it the same way. We're like, well, that's, it worked for them. So we focus on our desires and our ambitions, and we kind of try to do anything we can to get them. But see, when David wrote this psalm, he actually wrote it later in his life, where he had experienced a lot of things, specifically people succeeding when they didn't follow the Lord. And he's like, Lord, that's frustrating. I don't understand why all these people, they, they're not even following the Lord. And then he would get equally frustrated when he saw people that follow the Lord kind of abandon him to go after their dreams and desires, just like the world does. So, you know, uh, David actually writes in the beginning of the psalm, he says, he addresses this. He says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. See, there's a huge pull in our culture to go after your dream. Now, in and of itself, that, that's not a bad thing. You know, I know there's some godly desires in this room. Many of you have godly desires, dreams, and passions that God has placed in you. He's actually speaking to you through them. And, and you know this because you kind of come alive when someone talks about it or when you start to think about it. But see, our enemy is actually really good at twisting our desires. He twists the truth. You know, he's actually called the father of lies, you know, we're, it's Father's Day today. We, we know there's another father, and this father is a real master at taking something that was once healthy and a godly desire and making that your pursuit rather than God. And we don't even realize that's happening sometimes. I, I think a, a simple example is our body image. You know, I, I used to go to this gym. It was just a regular gym, not a Christian gym, anything like that. But it had this slogan all over the place that said, your body is a temple. And, you know, for the most part, that's an, a pretty innocent statement, right? Um, and it's a really good and godly desire to be healthy, to, to steward the bodies we've been given. But we all know what can happen. You know, we can become obsessed with our body image. I don't know if you know this, but our world is kind of obsessed with body image. Haven't you noticed that, right? And we can come, become obsessed with working out or eating all the right things, so much so, so that it like kind of steals our joy, the joy of living. Or you can go on the opposite side. You know, we become obsessed with our weight. I'm not big enough. I'm not small enough, right? Always feeling condemned when we look in the mirror. You're like, you look in the mirror and you're like, my body is not a temple, Mm -mm. But you see, that's where it gets a little twisted. Because that slogan is just half the truth. You know, there are a lot of half-truths out in the world. You know, this, this slogan is actually part of a verse. Did you know that? L listen to what the full verse says. Or do you not know that your body is a temple 
of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, the reason to be healthy or to keep our bodies away from sexual immorality, which is actually the context of that verse, is because our bodies house God himself. We are his temple. He actually lives in us, so we steward our bodies well. Like, we, we exercise, we're healthy because we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We flee from sexual immorality because Jesus lives in here. You know, I think some of us are dealing with sexual temptation and desires, and you're not sure what to do, a, do about it, right? See, what's happened is you flipped the script, you started delighting in your body, and it gets messed up because you're missing half the truth. You see, we let our desires come first. You, you start to delight in your desire, and then your desire begins to mold and shape you. It becomes an idol. Now, let me tell you something about idols. Idols will always fail you. They will never deliver what they promise. Listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 135. It says, the unbelieving nations worship what they make. They worship their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they do. Man, does that sound contemporary to you? My goodness. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship, powerless and dead. I want you to think about that for a minute. Sometimes it's the most subtle things, like those passions and desires just start to become the focus of your life, and you wonder, how did I even get here? You know, when I was first coming to know Jesus, something I wanted to lay down completely was music. I actually wanted nothing more to do with it. And even though at a very, very young age, I had this huge passion and desire to sing. You know, my favorite gift when I was a kid was Mr. Microphone. Everybody remember Mr. Microphone? You could tune into the radio and you could be like, yay. It was awesome, right? But see, what happened with that gift is it started to become my main focus. And I began to get my worth and my value from it. I started to delight myself in the gift, in this desire. And so... When someone liked my voice, it was a good day. When someone didn't like my voice, it was a bad day. They didn't like what I did, it was a bad week. So when Jesus started to break in, I actually realized how unhappy I was. I, I was like so bound by this desire, and so I just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want anything to do with it. It was actually very freeing initially. You know, maybe you're feeling in that place where there's like a desire that kind of has you bound and stuck. But see, as I began to worship Jesus more and more, as I began to delight in him, this desire to sing started to rise up again. It just kept rising up. I kept pushing it down. It kept rising up and pushing it down. It just kept happening. And I was like, Lord, what, what is happening? It kind of scared me because I was like, Jesus, I do not want to go down this road again. And he said something really profound to me, just in my thoughts, like, Daniel, that you've been doing this since 
You were a little kid. You were actually made for this. See, you've been doing it for your own glory, and now you're going to do it for my glory. You see, when we delight in our desires, it leaves us powerless and dead. But when our delight comes before our desires, the ones that are from the Lord will always come back to you. They will always come back. He will give you the desires of your heart. That's what he says. This is how we make the choice to hear his voice. This is actually how he purifies and clarifies our desires. We invite him in the place to be pliable. But I want you to notice something about the second part of that verse. Who gives us those desires? Anyone know the answer? God does. Isn't that interesting? God is actually the one who gives us the desires. It says, he will give you. And it's actually not just the desire itself. Like when you look at the word give, it means to give, but it also means to bring forth, to grant, to permit. See, God not only gives us the desires, he actually makes a way for them. He brings them forth. And you look at that very next verse. I love this. Man, Bible is so good. Psalm 37, verse 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. See, when we commit our way to him, when we com commit our desires, when we put our trust in him, when we trust him for the timing, I know some of you have been waiting a long time. Some of those desires have even gone dormant a little bit, right? But there's a promise here. When we trust in him, what will he do? He will act. See, the first key to deciphering our desires, to hearing his voice, is we take delight in the Lord. But the second key is committing everything we do to him. Everything. You know, many of us don't think this way. We, we just want control of our lives. We're like, well, I'm going to Burger King and I'm gonna have it my way, right? I don't know what it is about fast food today, but I think I'm hungry. You know, we, we give parts to the Lord, but then we give parts to ourselves. We're like, you can have this area, Lord, but this one, no, 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 this is mine. <laughs> we just don't, you know, we don't want to give God that dream. We're like, I just don't trust you with it. Like, what if it doesn't look like, like I want it to look like, right? What if this is not the real dream that I have? And I'll just tell you, Having been a pastor for over 16 years now, I know many believers that are stunted in their growth because they just won't fully trust the Lord. They won't fully commit what they're doing to him because they're afraid. They're afraid he's gonna take it away or something or they're gonna, you know, hate it. And I just, you see, this is the twisted lies of the enemy because you know what the verse doesn't say? The verse does not say he will give you the desires of his heart. Hmm. He says he will give you the desires of your heart, of yours. It's what's in you. It's what's in your heart. And if we can commit our way to him and trust in him, he will act. I love this word commit because it's an interesting meaning. It means to roll together. It, it actually means to roll down a hill together. I, I, I mean, it's so strange. It's like, imagine grabbing onto Jesus and start rolling down. You're like, I'm just rolling with Jesus, right? It, it's kind of an interesting thing, but to talk about momentum. 
right? You start rolling down that hill together, what is his promise? He will act. He will make a way. The, the word actually means he shall bring it forth. You see, God is speaking to you through your desire. He, the desires of your heart. You are hearing his voice. But to unlock those desires, we have to take delight and commit our way to him. Like trust in him. And there's a promise, like putting yourself to be molded and shaped, he will act. See, that's how he makes a way. And, and you know something about Jesus? He actually opens doors that no one else can shut. You know, that's a verse. He, he speaks to the, the churches in, in Revelation. He says, behold, I've placed a door before you that no one else can shut. Do you know he can put doors, open doors, that no one can shut, and he can close doors that no one else can open. That's a promise. He will do it. Now, I've shared a little bit about my life, but I want to get really as practical as we can here because this is a journey. It's not linear. It's kind of up and down. And I want to share a story of someone who worked in the church, was actually called to work outside the church, became a passion and desire that just welled up. And this is actually someone that's, uh, very dear to me. I, I love her, actually, because she's my wife. Her name is Katie. Isn't she cute? She actually went to college to be a graphic designer, but right after graduation, she got hired to, to be in sales. And that's actually when I met her. I met her right out in the commons. Like, we hit it off right away, so much so that 18 months later, we got married. And, you know, she was a pharmaceutical rep, and so I, I, I love to just call her my sugar mama because, you know... She made lots of money, and it was great. <laughs> but six months later, the company reorganized, and she actually was let go. And then uh, some amazing things happened at the same time. She was healed of infertility, and she was pregnant with our first child. And so she kind of sensed, okay, something is shifting here. Um, I think I'm, I'm supposed to pursue ministry during this time. She was actually a youth pastor in the past, um, great communicator, had this passion for Jesus. And so she actually started eventually working here in the college young adult ministry and eventually became our women's pastor. But all the while, on the side, she did this side business of designing websites. You know, if you have a passion or desire and you're not sure what to do with it, just start it on the side. Just kind of test it out. Test out what the Lord wants to do. So this is what Katie writes. She goes, you know, I've always felt drawn to business, but I love my time working at the church. After almost six years at the church, I started to have a sense that I needed to leave and move into full-time business. Leaving church felt really scary to me. I loved my time there, and it felt risky to leave my friends, my, my coworkers, and and." Leave my husband. Don't leave me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And she goes, I didn't want to lose my connection there. I, I, I just didn't know what to do. You know, it's interesting when it comes to our desires, right? When they, they start to, to well up. There you see with Julie, right? Julie Yoder, now our senior pastor. <laughs> you know, we're not sure what to do with these desires. Like, what do we, what do, we do when we sense God start, to speaking, start speaking to us through them? Well, here's what she did. She continues, I started to journal and go on walks and try to hear God and what I should do. You see, taking delight in the Lord is actually pretty simple. You start putting yourself 
in a place to be pliable, to be molded and shaped for God. Like, you know, journaling is a powerful tool. Uh, I've, I've done journaling several times where I'm just like, man, I got to get this out of my head and my heart. I just start to journal it and process it uh, with the Lord, right? It's, it's, an, it's an amazing way, taking walks with God. She says, I was out for a walk and I listened to a podcast and the guest was Kathy Lee Gifford. Anyone remember Regis and Kathy Lee? I don't know, kind of, uh, kind of a strange thing. But in the podcast, she said that she believed when the Bible said that God knit us together in our mother's womb, that's actually from Psalm 139, he also placed dreams and passions in our heart in the womb. She said to watch children carefully and watch how they spend their time, what they spend their time on, that sometimes the passions that God has put on our hearts surface when we are young. And she goes, and I realized a habit I had as a child that I had totally left buried. When I was 10 to 13 years old, I would pretend to have a design studio. I would create designs and organize them in binders for my pretend clients. I would spend hours cutting out magazines, drawings, and sketching. You know, this is actually powerful because, you know, sometimes God speaks to us in very unexpected ways. I'm, I'm pretty sure Katie was not expecting Kathy Lee Gifford to speak to her about something, right? You see, when you put yourself in a place to be pliable, to be molded and shaped by God, you actually start recognizing the unexpected. You start recognizing the more subtle things where God is speaking. She continues, I strongly sense God reminding me of these desires and passions. I sense God telling me that this is the year to do the dream, to do the things that I loved and practiced as a young child, to do the things that I loved before people and teachers and logic told me that I couldn't. Now, some of you just, hmm, because things that are desires and passions may not seem always logical, right? They may not seem, there's things that God has placed in you, and I believe he's actually awakening some of those things in you that, that maybe people said, oh, that's not practical, do something else. But you know it's not too late. His gifts and calls are without repentance. That means he doesn't take them away. He placed it in you as a child, right? It's just a word for some of you. She goes on, she goes, the next night I had a literal dream. I'll spare you the details, but the gist of it was leave the church. Go, go, go out and do this. You know, we're actually gonna talk about dreams in a couple weeks and how God speaks through them. She goes, in the natural, I, I started connecting randomly with business owners that were, were just like, yeah, you need to go do this. And, and in the spiritual, you know, she started getting all these random words. Man, don't you love the body of Christ? When people can hear God, and they're like, it's okay. You know, what you're doing, God, God's gonna bless it. You don't need to worry about the next phase. So she said, I left and started working on my own full uh, on my own full time. I did that for three years until God started opening doors in other companies. They started reaching out to me and offering me jobs. And I sensed, wow, this is what God has been preparing me for. And now I'm the creative director and lead a creative department of one of the fastest growing e-commerce companies, which happens to be the number one in its field online. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. See, what I love about this journey 
is how multifaceted it is. Journaling, walking with God, prophetic words, a Kathy Lee Gifford podcast. Okay, watch out, you know. Dreams, doors and doors and doors opening. See, but where was everything pointing? The desires of her heart. See, are we putting ourselves in a place to hear God's voice? To let him mold us and shape us so that he can actually make a way for those desires he's put in there. See, for Katie, God placed this passion to, to design, this deep desire to design when she was really little. And as that was called back to the forefront, she began to seek first the kingdom. See, that's what Jesus actually tells us. This is the parallel scripture to this is Matthew 6, What does he say? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And what happens? And all will be added to you. Everything that you need. See, what he's talking about is take delight in the Lord and he makes a way for the desires of your heart. Now, I just want to kind of make a disclaimer that this was not an easy journey. It was not like linear, like step one was this, step two was this, and now I'm doing all this amazing thing. It was very up and down. I experienced it, so I know, you know? But see, here's what one key thing that she did. All along the way, whenever she had direction, she committed her way to the Lord. She said, I'm going to trust you with this, Lord. And what happened? He acted. It took time, but he acted. See, what is that deep desire for you? What has God placed in you? Maybe since you were even little. You know, I talked a lot about work, but our desires go way beyond that. You know, some of you do have a passion for justice, right? When you see injustices in the world in all kind of areas, you like, I want to dismantle that. Some of you do have a deep desire to foster children. You have a heart for the orphan or the widow. Here's one. Some of you have a desire to make money. Yeah, to make money. You know, that's actually not evil. What, what is evil? The love of money. Ah, when money becomes your passion, then you become greedy, right? But if generosity is your goal, if I want to be generous like Jesus, I have generosity goals rather than income goals. Woo, watch out. You see, God is speaking to you through your desires. He's awakening some of you right now. I can sense there's a passion rising up of some things that have gone dormant. And see, the invitation here is to welcome his voice, to make a choice to hear his voice. See, when you take delight in the Lord, when you put yourself in a place to be pliable, and then you're gonna get direction. You're gonna start getting direction. And if you will commit that way to the Lord, if you'll actually trust in him, what's the promise? He will he will, oh yeah, he will, all right, I think you're getting it. See, he will open doors that no one can shut, and he'll shut doors that no one can open. We can trust him with every part of our life. So Lord, we just thank you right now. I, I want us to stand. Lord, we just thank you for each heart in this room. I want you to put your hand on your heart. God, I thank you for the new heart 
that you paid a high price for. This heart is not wicked or deceitful because you made it new. And so right now, God, I, I pray, God, as we worship, maybe one of the most powerful things we could do in this moment is to worship you, Jesus, is, is to take our attention off of the things going on in our life, maybe even the desires right now, and fix our focus and our attention and our affection on you. God, we're here to take delight in you, God. Would you put us in a place that we're pliable and open? So we invite you, Jesus. Have your way with us this morning. We're saying yes to you again. In Jesus' name, amen.